Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sickman. With me, as always, is Ben. Joining you all, the fine allies of the pod, here on a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Today, we're talking about a few guys, a handful, I would say, that don't know exactly where they're going to play yet in 2021, but we're either surprised that they have not signed yet, or we're just here to talk about some fits where these players should be signing. So free agent guys who have yet to sign that we know are going to be playing somewhere We're just not sure. We're creating kind of our wish list of where we would like to see them play in 2021. We're going to bring a couple of guys to the table. It's going to be a good discussion. Before we get into it, Ben, my friend, how are you? Everything is delicious. Thank you for asking. Uh, It's easy to forget these things, but one of the things that we were talking about a lot in March during the free agency rush was how the change in cap space the, the un, uh, unexpected low cap ceiling of the 2021 season because of COVID mm-hmm. was going to most noticeably affect mid-tier veterans because everybody who's a very high caliber player, teams are still going to uh, extend, sign, right. retain. Right. Young players, obviously on rookie contracts, will still be retained. It'll be mid-level veterans. Good players, not elite players, who are... They have to be signed to new contracts and, and market value contracts for their skill set. Those are the guys who will hurt. Well, and that's why I think when you look at this list in June, it's just it's simply better players than we're used to seeing at this time. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, and you know, you mentioned that these guys aren't Ill, maybe not elite now, but a handful of these players that I know we're going to discuss today were elite at one point. And right, I exactly. think not only is the... I want to say scarcity, but I feel like scarcity is too harsh for word. The lower cap and and the lower just flexibility that you have, the less you could be like, ah, yeah, sure, we'll bring him in. We'll see if it works. We'll, we'll bet on the talent. You can't do that nearly as much, and I feel like it is hurting those veterans, not just in a natural sense, but also more so because as they decline in ability due to likely age, you don't know exactly where they are on their talent pool. So it's even more of a risk than it normally is because of the the, the lack of the money that's available. And uh, yeah, you mentioned that these are a handful of guys that in any other season probably wouldn't still be sitting here. So uh, I'll ask you to start it off for us. Who is one guy that you're bringing to the table that you are either just shocked that they're still available or want to talk about some potential landing spots for them? I did not think going into this this would be the case, but I am very surprised that Justin Houston is not signed somewhere. All right. Uh, Justin Houston, I uh, like, like, I don't. Okay, so Ryan Kerrigan. Washington <laughs> Edge. Hey, roll with me here. <laughs> Should all you do with this podcast is laugh. At no, me. dude, okay. it, that, that was dude, that was simply hilarious because people yes, who listen to this podcast know that we have an affinity for Ryan Kerrigan. It's been it's been an ongoing bit for years, and here we are. Ryan Kerrigan is is not a free agent, right? We were not expected to hear Ryan Kerrigan's name at all whatsoever in this podcast. You start talking about Justin Houston, pause, and then go. 
Okay, so the thing about Ryan Kerrigan. (laughs) That's why I'm laughing. That's very true. All right, so Ryan Kerrigan. Yes. Philadelphia Eagles great, Ryan Kerrigan. Played 57% of the snaps in 2019. Played 38% of the snaps in 2020. He had 5.5 sacks in 2019. He had 5.5 sacks in 2020. He's 33 years old. He signs with the Eagles, $2.5 million. Cool. Melvin Ingram, uh, who was injured last year. I think he was full-time in 2019. Didn't even get a sack last year in seven games. He's yet to be signed. Okay, so like Kerrigan, very low-level contract. Ingram yet to be signed. Has a health thing, productive thing, whatever. Justin Houston has 19 sacks in the last two seasons, which is top 10 over the last two seasons in the league. Right. He hasn't missed a game in the last two seasons, and he played over 60% of the snaps in the last two seasons. So this is not a, like, oh, another over 30 rotational depth guy. I mean, like, maybe, but also, like, if you get him for that role, he's going to be freaking good. Because he's been very productive on a snap-to-snap basis. How old is has he? Has been durable and has taken a pretty substantial load in terms of snaps. Like, if you bring him on as edge three and you get an injury, you feel pretty good about him playing at edge two. Now, is he a free agent because he's asking for a lot of money because he also agrees with me in the sense that he's playing very well? Maybe, <laughs> right? right? So, like, right. I'm not saying... No teams have offered him the Ryan Kerrigan $2.5 million deal. I would imagine if they did, Justin Houston back, screw you, buddy. Uh, and so there's a like there's a good chance that he's holding out for that. But I look at a team like the Baltimore Ravens, who let uh, Matt Judon walk in free agency, who uh, are, are relying on Tyus Bowser, who let Yannick Ngakwe walk in free agency. So it's mm-hmm. Tyus Bowser and Pernell McPhee as their starting edges. And this is a team that loves edge depth and they love to be able to rotate and they love to have stand up outside rushers and they're physical guys and they like tough dudes and they're competing for an AFC North title and they're competing for an AFC title. And I just wonder why we haven't given Justin Houston $6 million to come play here for a season. Uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs make a ton of sense, but Justin Houston probably hates them because freaking they didn't extend him or they cut him. Uh, after he started to deal with some health problems, and he went to Indianapolis and was really good for two years. I don't understand why the Colts haven't signed him back because they also need the help, and they're also, quote-unquote, an AFC contender. Right. So Justin Houston, to me, is right now the, the uh, Morgan Moses, Richard Sherman, whatever. Justin Houston is the most impactful player left on the market in terms of what he can do. He can start and get eight-plus sacks if you're looking off of his last two years. That's yeah. dumb. That doesn't that doesn't hang around on the market. So I, I think that Justin Houston's my biggest surprise. And I think anybody who's a contender with edge depth question marks and even like edge starter question marks uh, should be on the Justin Houston market. Man, what was what was Houston's contract back in 2018? Because I'm reading it now because you mentioned like, oh, he probably hates Kansas City. I, I couldn't remember how it ended in Kansas City. And I'm reading up on it now. And they just straight up released Justin Houston after trying to yes. trade him. And did not find a single trade partner. So, like, he he goes to free agency, signs a two-year, $24 million deal with the Indianapolis Colts, and like you mentioned there, played really well. He had 11 sacks in 2019, 8 sacks in 2020. This is coming off back-to-back nine-sack seasons before that in 17 and 18. So, man, this is... You're right, a super productive edge rusher, and for a league that Justin is... Justin Houston's just good, just good at, good at football. Yeah, for a league that's always starving for good edge rush play, 
I'm very surprised about this because I just I, I just looked this up as well. He's going to be 32 years old during this season. So, I mean, like 32 as an edge rusher. Yeah, sure. Okay, it's up there. You're, you're not signing the guy to a three, four-year deal. You're not building your defense around him. But perhaps you are right. Perhaps he said, hey, I signed for $12 million two years ago. And it was good. And it was really good. So somebody better give me something north of $10 million on a one-year deal if you're only giving me a one-year deal. Maybe that's where he is. Maybe him and his agent are putting their foot down until training camp rolls around, how we know that, unfortunately, training camp injuries happen, and a team that might be a contender might have either edge depth or edge starters go down. They need to bring in Justin Houston. They're a little bit more more desperate, and maybe that's that's what they're looking at here because I'm with you. This is pretty surprising that that he's not there. I think think you— if you're his camp, you look at the Carlos Dunlap deal in Seattle, which is uh, two years, 13.6 million. He's due 8.5 in the first year. Uh, Danico Autry, 30, uh, Carlos Dunlap was 32. Danico Autry, 31, signed for three years, 21.5 in Tennessee. And you say, if these over 30-year-olds are getting six per year, 6.5 per year, 7.5 per year, there's no reason I shouldn't be. And he's freaking right. You mentioned uh, this guy's name, the first guy that I'm going to bring to the table. It's definitely a surprise that he has not signed anywhere yet. It's cornerback Richard Sherman. I've talked about him a handful of times this offseason. I've written about potential destinations of where he could go. The destinations kind of remain the same for me. I remember writing this article before the draft and not a ton changed afterwards. I think the Dallas Cowboys could absolutely use Richard Sherman. I mean, they've got a super young cornerback room right now and it ain't pretty. Like, like even beyond the, oh, you bring him in for veteran leadership, because I do think that that's a factor on some of the other teams I'm going to mention. Like, they just straight up need Richard Sherman to start. I mean, Dallas, if they intend on really competing with Dak being back and those offensive weapons scoring a lot of points, I mean, one corner might, might not make the world of a difference given all the other problems that they might have on defense, but it's sure better than throwing super young guys out there and trying to make it happen. So I think that Dallas is, is, is a spot that he's got to have his eye on. Maybe the Cowboys get into camp and realize, oh boy, we're uh, we're not as good at do corner we think, as we thought. Do we think Richard Sherman is boys with Dan Quinn? Oh. Does he not? Wait, Richard, do, does he not like Dan no. Quinn? Why wouldn't he? No, no, no. Well, I was just thinking, like, I, I, it's easy to forget that they were, they were pals in Seattle. And then I was like, right. all right, well, that Seattle team had a lot of drama, and so I don't know if it's oh, known whether I've... or not Sherman likes Quinn or not. And I looked up and blogging the boys. Uh, this is February 2021. Uh, Sherman, he's a great leader of men. That's why he got the job as head coach. As a coordinator, he's going to do a great job bringing out the best of those guys. He's a great motivator. He's very technical. We had two of our best years with him, and it was consistent. I think he's one of the best defensive minds in the game. So it sounds like he'd be happy to play for Quinn. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I. I. Oh, I, I kind of. I would not that would like Sherm on the Cowboys. Well, of course you wouldn't. Uh, a couple of other spots. Him returning to the San Francisco 49ers, I think, should still be an option. Uh, him going to the Carolina Panthers is something. That's an idea that I liked even pre-draft. And with them spending a high pick on J.C. Horn, I'm not so sure that they're going to then just go sign Sherman and throw a lot of money at him if his, his money demands are high, but. Man, if you think about it, the rest of that secondary room is really young. And who better to, I think, really 
have J.C. Horn go under somebody's wing than Richard Sherman. You know, like, this is the guy that you would want him to be like. I know, man coverage corner, zone coverage corner. It's not an exact science there. But, like, mentality-wise, how you approach the game, all of that stuff, so detailed in what you do and how much success that you have, that's exactly what you would want for J.C. Horn. So even after the Panthers drafted J.C. Horn, I feel like Carolina is a really great spot uh, for Sherman. He would be a leader among that that young defense, something that I think that they would really need. Now, he would obviously have to go there and not really contend for a Super Bowl, at least not next year, we don't think. But right. that's all on depending on what he wants. And then the last team that I would mention is the New York Jets. You know, he gets to... He gets that's, to that's the one yeah, I was waiting for. Yeah, he gets to play with Robert Sala again, who is the head coach now in New York, was the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. That's the easy transition there. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense for the Jets because they have the most cap space no the second most cap space available they got 30 million they've got 31 million dollars available right now and their stu- their two starting corners are Bliss on Austin and Bryce Hall yeah like they they no Bryce Hall slander be careful Watch well, yourself. Look, look I like Bryce Hall as much as the next guy but let's be real about it Richard Sherman would be an instant upgrade to that cornerback room and an important one so I, I, I think the Jets are a home run signing for them. I, I'm almost at the point where I don't even know what they're waiting for at this point. Uh, unless Richard Sherman just does not want to go to the East Coast because he's always been a West Coast guy. Uh, from the West Coast, went to college in the West Coast, played with Seattle, played with the 49ers, right? And so it's just always been on the West Coast. Maybe he just doesn't want to live on the East Coast. I don't know. But if he does, I think the Jets are a great spot for him. Yeah, the Jets one is the one that sticks out to me. Though, it's not like... Robert Sala just became the head coach of the Jets. He's been the head coach of the Jets for a while, and they still haven't signed Sherman. So I don't know, like how how much that connection really matters if he hasn't made that move yet. Uh, the Dallas one makes more sense the more I think about it, which I don't like. Well, too bad. I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't consider Dallas until you mentioned it, and now I'm like, oh man, it makes a lot of sense. All right, who's next for you? Next for me is KJ Wright. Okay. With Justin Houston, I had a bunch of stats. It was, here's other 30-year-old edges, and here's the contracts they've signed, and here's how much they've sacked the quarterback, and here's why Justin Houston is good, and da-da-da, and whatever. With KJ Wright, it's like uh, it's like the the guy who did the TikToks of the common customer response things, right? Where they go like, you know, oh, but it says on the website that we have, that you guys have this in stock. And he hits him with, and what do your eyes say? <laughs> KJ Wright is a... <laughs> KJ Wright is a, and what do your eyes say, player? Because <laughs> KJ, who's been like just a nuts off-ball linebacker for Seattle for a decade, was asked to play on-ball Sam for the sake of the defense this year. And he was like, no. And they're like, well, we kind of need you to. And he was like, fine. And he did. And he was 30 did he actually say no? on ball. Hold on. Did I, did I actually say no? Or are you just saying that for the conversation's sake? He, no, he, he wasn't stoked about it. He was like, no, I don't really want to do that. Like, I don't want to play a new position. Like, on ball, like, on line scrimmage. Uh, and they were like, well, we need you to in order to, to, to like, start, you know, to be on the field to get time or whatever. So, they obviously, they, they selected Jordan Brooks. And they added Jamal Adams, who's more of an off-ball linebacker. And so, whatever. Quick. Jim all Adams slander just thrown in there. Yeah, no, so, I, yeah, I heard it. I heard it. KJ Wright played on ball Sam and was just ludicrous good. Uh, the vision and instincts that he plays with without being 
over aggressive and wrong without guessing is just dumb. Like nobody should like it's like Teron Matthew, where like you're like you're guessing, you're absolutely guessing, but you're right every time. So maybe you're not guessing. That's how I feel when I watch KJ Wright. Uh he's 31. I would say that he is not a hundred percent the athlete that he always was, but he's not like 75. He's like between 80 and 90 percent the athlete that he usually has been. He can play off ball and he obviously has experience playing on ball. Now, I don't think he wants to play on ball Sam. So I don't, I don't think if a team wants him for that role that they would successfully sign him, but there is no reason a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, whose linebacking core is terrible to not bring in a veteran with unbelievable like on-field uh, leadership, meeting room, preparation habits, to bring it to a group of very young linebackers and say, like, hey, this is the way to do it. And because he's KJ Wright, he can play any position in the linebacking core. And so when your linebacking core is absolutely freaking terrible, like it is in Philly, KJ Wright makes sense. I don't have the Eagles' depth chart up in front of me. Who is playing linebacker for the Eagles? Guess, guess, just get, just name anybody who you think is playing linebacker for the Eagles. Uh, I mean, I hope not Nate Gary. He signed with San Francisco on a one-year, $1 million deal to play special teams. He was their starting Mike for two years. <laughs> and he signed with the 49ers to play special teams. Um, Davian Taylor. Yes, technically they drafted him. He's not going to start. Um... Wisconsin uh, G- UDFA, high tackle numbers. Uh, Big G- thumper boy. Uh, Jalen Mills somehow. <laughs> Back from New England. They have TJ Edwards. Oh, TJ Edwards. Okay. Alex Singleton from the CFL. Nice. Jannard Avery, who's an edge that they're making. Oh, I, yeah, Sam. I love Jannard Avery. Okay, all right, all right, yeah, all right. They're going to make him an on-ball Sam because they have this role. From Minnesota, Jonathan Gannon is a Mike Zimmer disciple. So the Anthony Barr role, they're trying to do. So Jernard Avery. Um, they have Eric Wilson, who was a free agent. They signed from Minnesota for a one-year deal. Uh, is bad, bad, fo- bad, bad position. Not not good football players. Right. Bad, bad, bad spot. So you bring in a guy like KJR on a one-year deal. Not only does he give you good play, but he also helps these young players grow. He helps them develop. And so that's something that you look into. I look at the Green Bay Packers, a team that is yeah, actually definitely. competing, that, that – KJ could say you could say KJ come win another championship uh linebacker woefully under uh invested in woefully left on untended to by Mike Patton you're starting Kamal Martin fifth round pick last year Chris Barnes undrafted free agent weighs 230 you want to be a multiple defense you want to be able to play a little three four KJ Wright he can play off ball and on ball for you this is there's no team where he doesn't fit because he now has proven versatility uh don't the KJ Eagles have, like, zero prob- cap? Yes. The Eagles have $2.7 million, according to Over the Cap. Right, but, like, restructure somebody. I don't know. You know okay. I want yeah, you right my football team, no, Trevor. No, it's her. It's her. It's her. Um, Green give, Bay like, of Memory give, Serves. Give, give Fletcher Cox an eight-year extension. Move the money around. Yeah. Okay. Green Bay of Memory Serves has a, enough cap space. A team that definitely has enough Five cap point space. $5.8 million. Last, Last thing that I would mention would be the Indianapolis Colts. And to it, you might say Darius Leonard. And yes, that's correct. But they had Anthony Walker last year. And Anthony Walker was just a thick downhill gap plugger for him, an off-ball linebacker. And right now they're playing with Darius Leonard, who is a very is a thin player. He's not very good at taking on blocks. He's a very good linebacker. He's not very good at taking on blocks, indie fans. And Bobby Okariki, who is a Darius Leonard clone in terms of body typing and in terms of skill set. So they're going to try with 
Zaire Franklin, who's a, a, a UDFA out of Syracuse from a couple years ago, I want to say, uh, they're going to try with him to be that Anthony Walker role, but that was an important role for them. You have a bunch of money. You can sign a very good player in KJ Wright. You really want to play zone coverage. You really prioritize getting good zone linebackers. Guess who's a very good zone cover linebacker? It's KJ Wright. So I think that KJ is just so stupidly talented. And I think that the way the league is approaching his free agency is a little bit sullied by how his situation ended there in Seattle and what exact position he's going to play and how much he's worth. But you can't tell me KJ isn't a high-impact player because I watched him last year, and he absolutely is. Boy, that was therapeutic for you, wasn't it? Yes. I, I These players are very good. Everybody should be paid, and it should be great. Well, good. I'm glad that you got that off your chest. I'm glad that this could be the platform. You just speak your mind freely. Bet online. It's the fastest and also the easiest way to bet whatever form of currency you want. Probably U.S. American dollars is the only thing that they're going to accept on all of your sports action. You can get all the latest news, odds, info, all your sporting needs, which include baseball, basketball, hockey, little mixed martial arts action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Whatever you're into most, this is your chance to really get into the game as teams start to prep for their deep playoff runs, as they get into the regular season, as big matchups are coming up. Head over to their website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. All caps, one word, LOCKED ON. Bet online, your online sports book experts more free agency fits coming up after the break okay i have two guys left that i want to make sure that i mention one i feel like it's more interesting than the other uh and i i think i want to save that one for last so i'm gonna go with golden tate why just free agent wide receiver what i just read about golden tate because golden tate one of the teams he listed was Indy to go play with Carson Wentz, yes. which is very funny because when he played with the Eagles and Carson Wentz, he was very bad. So I don't know why he would want to go do that again. His quote, uh, he did a, this is Golden Tate, he did a interview with Sirius XM Radio. He said, quote, I would love to go back home to Tennessee, where he's from. Uh, he said, Indy over with Carson Wentz. He said, obviously the LA Rams would be fantastic with Stafford. So he's picking two quarterbacks, which he has a lot of chemistry with. And then also maybe going back home to the Tennessee Titans. So you right. think, that and they- also the whole NFC West, just just anybody in the NFC West, anyone, anyone in the NFC West, anyone in the NFC West. You think that any, any, you think that everybody in the NFC West is up for grabs for Golden Tate? That was the end of his quote. He was like, honestly, just the whole NFC. I would play for the whole. Oh, NFC I didn't. West. I don't have that part really. Yeah, yeah, no, no. The end of the series XM quote, he goes like, "I would love to play for for the Rams, play for Stafford." And then he goes, "Honestly, the whole NFC West. That would also just everybody, <laughs> just any anyone who will pay me in the NFC West." Here we go. Well, he's played for. Okay, he's played for Seattle. He's played for Detroit. He's played for Philly. He's played for the Giants. Yeah, all right. I mean, like, I could I could picture him with the Arizona Cardinals, right? We could do that. We could picture him with yeah, the Arizona uh, Cardinals. I, Christian Kirk. I don't know how badly they need him. Yeah, but I mean, like, they're going to move on from Christian Kirk. And Andy, okay. and, 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 and Andy Isabel is nothing at this point for him. So, okay, that will make sense. Go back home to Seattle. Okay, started with Seattle. He's got the chemistry there. We're good. Seattle would low-key be very fun. It I would, would like be very that. fun. Los Angeles Rams, kind of like an obvious. He, he Golden Tate, I think, makes a lot of sense for what we think of when we think of 
you know, like his skill set going towards that team and matching exactly what they want to do, but they already have those players. They already have Cooper right. Cup. They already have Van Jefferson. They have Robert Woods, who is a little bit more than that, but kind of does similar things. They had to do Atwell. Great point, Trevor. Oh, geez, God. I genuinely totally blocked that out of my mind. And you well, just brought it's it back. back. And, you, and you just, you just, you just said it. You just brought it back. So, like, I, I think that the L.A. Rams, in theory, yeah, I mean, like, a good spot. But they already have those wide receivers, so who is he playing over? I, I mean, the same thing, I, I could kind of make the same case for the San Francisco 49ers, but I feel like he would exactly be what Debo Samuel is already for them. So, unless they wanted a backup to what Debo does for that team, I don't know, it seems kind of redundant. So, I, I have the Rams on here because it was sort of makes sense. I like the Tennessee Titans though. He, he talked about going home to Tennessee. Tennessee moves on from Corey Davis, from Johnny Smith, from Adam Humphreys. Obviously they have AJ Brown, who is a very good wide receiver one. They trade for Julio Jones. Okay. Now you've got a great dynamic duo in there. Golden Tate could be a nice slot option for them. I don't think they have anybody else. I, I, am I am right. I forgetting somebody? I don't, I don't think there's anybody else that could play like that role because you have your two clear outside receivers and you can get creative with both Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. It's 2021, so it's not like these guys are just sitting on the outside. They're moving around everywhere. But the rest of the depth chart is, is Josh Reynolds, who I, I love, but I, I think that Josh Reynolds is more of an unproven outside wide receiver type. Des Fitzpatrick, Chester Rogers, Cameron Batson, I mean, these names aren't really doing anything for me. If you throw in Golden Tate's name, I mean, all of a sudden, I think you got a really solid wide receiver core there. I, I like the four wide receivers that you're bringing to the table, especially for everything that you lost. So I like that one. And then the Colts, the other team that he mentioned, obviously Ben mentioned that he was terrible with Carson Wentz, so I don't know how much that goes into the equation, but their wide receiver room is also sort of solidified already. And I say sort of because... You have Michael Pittman Jr., who's going to be your ex. You have T.Y. Hilton, who has been a longtime stud for you at receiver, but took a little bit of a step back last year. It's not like he was this, we must bring T.Y. Hilton back above all else. And they prioritized that this offseason. Paris Campbell, okay, like you're, you're, that's your quick hit guy, but he's been hurt for them most of the time that he's been on the team, so how much can you really count on him? Zach Paschal. Desmond Patton, J.J. Nelson's there. Right. Oh, they have, oh, they have Tyler Vaughn's? I didn't know they had Tyler Vaughn's. Wow. Learned something new every day. I like the fit in Indianapolis. Would it be his best spot? Mm, I don't know about that. I, I think, think it I, would I think be I like, good. I, I like Tennessee yeah. the most. Probably Indianapolis the second best. Yeah, I like Indy Fred. Like I made the Carson Wentz joke, but like if there are pals, then there are pals. Like there's a lot of reasons why you struggle to to produce. The Eagles trade for Tate mid season. He kind of had to get thrown into the fire, and they had to figure out how to divide up targets. And eventually, they just became a twelve personnel team because that was easier. Uh, so he and Wentz could be buddies, and that that's cool. They are a he- <clears throat> excuse me. They're a heavy yak team. They need they like shallow targets, and they need you to run after the catch. Golden Tate's mo. They don't have a clear designated slot right now. They're trusting in healthy TY plus Pittman growth, which means you're trusting in two things that have yet that that are are unproven and, that aren't 100 percent. And and just Paris Campbell health, like in general. I don't even know how much there. How much can you trust Paris Campbell health? You know what I mean? 
They um, every year we get, hey, we're excited about Paris Campbell. So I mean that's that's kind of what I'm building off of here. Yeah, exactly. So I think right. I, I do like the indie fit for Golden Tate. Um Oh wait, the Lions. Right. I don't think he'd go back he's, to Detroit. He's no way he's going back to Detroit. But I I don't hate it because they have like no one. Yeah, but it, it's like Houston with Kansas City. It makes sense, but it's not happening. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm with you there. All right, who's your uh, who's your third guy? Okay, KJ I think can start and be legit and whatever. Justin Houston I think can start and be legit and whatever. Melvin Ingram is a weird player. Uh, Melvin Ingram, who uh, had a major knee injury. Uh, in 2020 with the Chargers, only played seven games in that season, is rehabbing from that. Uh, and so his health is a big part of why he's a free agent who has taken visits. He took a visit with the Dolphins, uh, I want to say last month in May, is just a weird player. So Ingram's listed at 6'2", 265. That is defensive end size. However, he plays like a, an outside linebacker. He likes to stand up. He likes to be super wide. Uh, he likes to win with speed rushes. He likes to drop the inside shoulder, a little ghost rush, whatever. So he plays like 250. You know what I mean? He plays a 250, 255-pound rusher. He also, uh, at 6'2", 265, good stocky build, uh, is a good run defender. It's kind of like the Brandon Graham sensation. He's really, really good on the backside he's more explosive than people realize, and he's got great leverage. He's able to get underneath blocks, balance, got good contact balance. So very good run defender from the outside. For the Chargers, over the course of his career, Ingram was most devastating as a pass rusher, not when he was lined up outside as an outside rusher rushing with speed. It's what he likes to do. It's where he is on base downs, and he's good at it. But he was at his most devastating when he was lined up as a creeper, when he was lined up as a stand-up rusher, up at the line of scrimmage, in between the tackles. Uh, creepers is a word used. Simulated pressure is another word you might see flowing around on the timeline. Right. To describe those defensive looks on clear passing down situations, second and long, third and long, where five-plus defensive linemen are along the line of scrimmage, usually six. Uh, I say defensive linemen. They could be linebackers, they could be safeties, they could be corners. Mm -hmm. Five, six bodies are lined up along the, the defensive line. Many of them are standing up. Only a few are hand in the dirt. All of them are aligned in a gap. All of them could come. Not all of them will. Uh, and not just those six will come. Other dudes will come who you didn't think you had to count because they weren't one of the guys, scary guys standing in the in the gaps. You think about linebackers mugging gaps. Think about that, but crank it up to 11. Everybody can rush. Everybody can drop. When Melvin Ingram gets put in the interior, he's really freaking good. He's one of the best yeah. twists, games, stunts, crashes players in the league, period. And he does it at, like I said, a little bit of a weird weight and and, and an unexpected alignment. It's an unexpected skill. So Ingram probably, to what degree can you trust him to be healthy? Uncertain. He probably could start for you, but in a designated pass rush role, in a role in which he regularly sees the field on third down, that's where he's really exciting. And so when you look at a team like the Miami Dolphins, whom he visited, Miami's all about size up front. So Raekwon Davis, Christian Wilkins, Emmanuel Ogba, Jalen Phillips. That's the starting line. Big, strong, defend the run, long, bang. We're going to be great. Ingram could hang if he had to, but I don't think that's what they want from him. I think they want to bring in Ingram so that when they get to do their man blitzes on third down, they can bring Ingram onto the field, and he can win in those situations. You look at a team like the Baltimore Ravens. 
heaviest blitzing team of the last two years, bar none. It is not close. We lost Yannick Ngakwe. We lost Matt Judon. The Bucs are second, up, right? about Justin the, Bucks, the Bucks have to be second with Bulls. The Bucs were second last year for sure. Okay. I can't remember if they were second in 2019, okay. but I would guess yes. Okay. Um, but still, it, it's the Ravens by a bit above whoever second place is. Um, so yeah, you you have Ty Spouser, Pernell McPhee, not as much depth. You bring in Melvin Ingram. And you play him 30% of snaps. And you stick him in the gap. And you you they, they're as heavy of a man blitz team, zone blitz team, uh, as you'll find in the league. Kansas City is the same way. Uh, Tampa Bay, who's another team that deserves mention here, is the same way. Tampa Bay's already got absurd depth. But for these teams that are so blitz heavy, uh, the other team that deserves mention is the Arizona Cardinals, uh, especially if the Chandler Jones situation continues to get bad, which I think it will. Uh, they're going to need depth at outside rusher. Melvin Ingram makes a lot of sense. They blitz a lot. Uh, those teams make sense signing Ingram to a contract. It'll be a one-year deal. It'll be less than Ingram's worth. They'll be able to play him 30, 35% of the snaps. He comes back from injury. And then if Ingram proves that he's healthy and still effective, then he can go sign a big deal. I think Ingram can still get that Danico Autry three-year 21 million, that Carlos Dunlap uh, two-year 13.5 million. He is 32 years old. So he still has another multi-year decent-sized contract in him. He has to prove he's healthy. So this is a this is a ideal one-year mercenary rental for a competing team, especially for those teams who like to lie with their fronts, especially for those teams who like to bring simulated pressures, because that's where Ingram's bread is buttered. That's what he's so stinking good at for some reason. So I'd love to see him in Miami. I'd love to see him in Baltimore. I uh, would love to see him in Arizona as well, especially if Chandler Jones goes bad. I think that becomes the, the favorite landing spot. Yeah, I, I, I don't hate the idea of the role. I, I don't. I think that that could be really ideal for what Ingram could do to maximize his talents for a, a contender. I mean, that's that's probably who's going to, at least a team that re- really believes they, they're going to compete because you're not signing Melvin Ingram to play him 30 40% of the snaps, whatever it is, and not really be a, a team that's going all in. The reason why I say that is because you look at what Melvin Ingram has made contract-wise even recently, like last year, base salary $14 million. Uh, Spotrack has his market value is $11.6 million. If he's going to sign to that kind of role, which I like, we're not going to see him get signed for a while because he's going to have to sit. Because I, I, I think that Melvin Ingram believes that he can get a high price tag, something around $10 million or like north of it. And you're not signing a guy unless you... Unless you're just going crazy all in, you're not signing a guy to play 30% of your snaps for anywhere near that amount. So you would really have to let the calendar go by. You'd have to let him sit there, and you'd have to basically just be like, hey, we'll give you, I don't know what it would be, $7 million this year. We'll give you $6.5 million this year. Come play for our team. Come be a situational pass rusher. Prove that you're healthy. We'll put you in situations to give you your best plays on tape come win the championship with us, and then go sign somewhere else and cash out. And if he wants to do that, he can. But I don't. I, I just don't think it would be soon. You disagree? What do you think? The, uh, it's always, with the injury makes it impossible to say, right? It's, I don't know exactly what his knee injury is. I was looking it up, but I can't find it. And so it's a matter of, he was late November too. How realistically healthy can he be? Like, the Dolphins brought him in for a visit. Mm-hmm. If they checked out the knee and the knee's not there, then this whole conversation's moot. You know right, what I mean? Then right, no one's right, going right. to trust Ingram altogether. Yeah, because he, so he's, he's had two visits, hasn't he? It was the Dolphins and the... I want to say the Chiefs? I want to say the Chiefs. Yeah. 
And both of them brought him in, didn't sign him. Right. So either either his knee didn't yet. check out or he wants way too much money. And I think that's yeah. probably where we are with Ingram right now. I think Ingram thinks that he needs to be signed for $12 million. I think Ingram thinks that he's about to get the old Justin Houston contract to two years, $24 million. Right. And so I, was I, I don't Chiefs. think anybody's budging. Yeah, I agree. Uh, another important thing on Melvin Ingram, totally separate from our current conversation, uh, at NFL, June 22nd, 2021, name a defense that should add Melvin Ingram. Get some engagement, baby, on the socials. Aaron Donald quote tweets it with a Will Smith thinking gif. And the eye emoji, which uh-huh. is overkill. You uh-huh. just eye emoji or Will Smith thinking gift. Yeah, you don't you don't, both. yeah, right. Don't gotta use yeah. both. The message is understood. I mean, I'll, I'll I, ne- I mean, it. I'll never tell Aaron Donald that to his face. I would. Uh, Casey Hayward at at the Raiders underneath the tweet. We love to see it. Come to Raiders, Melvin Ingram. You shouldn't do that. It's a bad team. But you know, go stand for your guy. That's great. However, both of these recruitment attempts pale in comparison uh-huh. to that of Jason Verrett, who quote tweeted the, t- the Melvin Ingram tweet with, and I quote, that red and gold with the dread swangin' would look good on you, Brody, at Melvin Ingram. <laughs> so Jason Verrett, who would know because he rocks the red and gold, wearing right. number two in the right. new profile photo right. with the dreads, yes. would like to let uh, Melvin Ingram know that... Uh, the dread swing and with the red and gold would uh, would look real nice. And I gotta I, say, the 49ers got us. They, they got a slick kit. They I, really do. They yeah. really, really do. It's one of the better ones, no doubt about yeah. it. All right, if, well, I, I got. I, I would immediately sign with the Niners. I decided with the Niners the next day. Jason <laughs> Verrett told me the red and gold would look good. But like, you, yeah, that's a good point, Jason. <laughs> uh, all right, we've got one more for sure that I want to get to, and then probably a couple that we're gonna mention before we get out of here. But before we get to that. Got to remind the good people about rockauto.com, a family-owned business serving auto parts to customers for over two decades. With the increasing number of all the makes and models that are out on the road right now, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to have all of the parts in stock that you would possibly need. So why would you go into their store just for them to type on a computer and order the part online when you could just do that yourself, cut out the middleman? You don't got to pay the extra 30, 50, 100% that sometimes comes with going into a store, you could do it yourself. RockAuto.com. Can't talk today. Always very reliably low prices. Their website is super easy to navigate. You can see everything that they have in stock. And if they don't have it in stock, exactly what you're looking for, you can hit them up. They've got great customer service. They'll be able to point you in the right direction. Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all those parts that they have available for your car or truck. And if you go there, Right locked on NFL draft in their little how did you hear about us box. That would really help Ben and I out. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you are ever going to need over at rockauto.com. Before we get back to the picks, got to give a shout out to our friends over at builtbar.com, making the best tasting protein bars on the planet. Low calories, low sugar, high fiber, high protein. They're fantastic. You can eat a morning, noon, and night. They're great for your diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com, see all the great flavors of protein bars they have for you. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 when you make your order to get 15% off if that is your first order over at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, 15% off the best tasting protein bars over at BuiltBar.com. Last one that I want to mention, it's a legend. Legend who has defined our generation, who has been one of the first interior defensive tackle names that has popped in our head over the last probably 10 years. 
Aaron Donald, I think, is the first one that you would always think of. But it's hard not to think of Geno Adkins right after that as a name or two. And, and, and Geno Adkins is a free agent now after a really long career with the Cincinnati Bengals in which he was one of the best defensive tackles there was. He's still looking for work, and I think there's a handful of teams that could really still use him, even though it's not quite the Geno Adkins of old. I would have said the Minnesota Vikings before they signed Sheldon Richardson because that would have reunited him with Mike Zimmer, who was the defensive coordinator in Cincinnati during the early parts of Geno's career and really knows how to get the best out of him. It wasn't his, I wouldn't say that it was Geno's best years under Mike Zimmer, but he really grew into the dominant Geno Adkins that we came to love under Mike Zimmer. But they have Sheldon Richardson now, so I don't think they're going to sign Geno Adkins. I go back to the Dallas Cowboys as a potential landing spot for him because right now that Dallas Cowboys defensive line is young. I mean, it's Neville Gallimore. It's Tristan Hill. It's Carlos right. Watkins. It's Osa Adigizua. I mean, like, it's just, it. it is super young on that defensive line right now. They've got Demarcus Lawrence as an edge, but in terms of the interior guys, I feel like Geno Adkins would be a great addition for them, be a good veteran presence there. Jacksonville, it's kind of the same thing. The Taven Bryan experiment's about to be over, and they got nothing after him. They've got David Hamilton, who I, I like, and I think he's fine, but... They could really use a much better, more consistent uh, presence in the middle. I think Geno Adkins could be a really good fit for the Jaguars. But of course, like if he wants to compete for a championship, that's not really the place to go. It'd, it'd more be like, ah, I want to go play in Florida. And it'd be like, okay, cool. Go to the Jaguars. Kansas City. I think it would be an interesting spot for Geno Adkins, especially given the recent news that they're looking to get a little bit more flexible with where they put Chris Jones. They talked about playing Chris Jones, who has... Long been a great interior defensive lineman for them, one of the best in the league, out at edge rusher sometimes. So you would have um, Frank Clark on one side, uh, Chris Jones on the other. If you plug Geno Atkins in the middle, okay, like now we're talking about a star-studded name on the, names on the defensive line, and Kansas City already boasts one of the best rosters in the NFL, so... I feel like that could be a good spot for him, especially if he wants to go uh, to a You've had Kansas City for like everybody i think it makes just a lot don't of, win a championship and i think going makes, to championship. right it, it makes a lot of sense because kansas city it has done a lot of additions and I, I think that they've just shown that they're not really afraid to go get the guy that's really going to help them and put them over the top and you know with them winning the super bowl two years ago reaching the super bowl last year uh, losing it to the buccaneers I, I feel like it put a little bit of fear in kansas city and it was like oh you know not that they were taking it for granted, but it's like they truly have to make as much as they possibly can out of Patrick Mahomes while they know right here and now he's the best quarterback in the world. And so with that being the case, every free agent, every potential guy who's going to take a discount to go to a championship team, it's always Kansas City. Kansas City's always, I think, the team that pops up because they're going to be the most flexible. So yeah, those are my those are my three spots that I would like to see Geno Adkins go to. It's funny to think I I when you texted me that you were doing Gino, I responded with Smith because I just <laughs> did. completely forget. I've never I never think about Gino Atkins as a free agent. I'm always like, yep, he's just gonna keep wallowing away in Cincinnati on his six year deal. Yeah. And it's true. finally over. He absolutely he more than anybody else just go to Kansas City. Win win a ring, brother. You deserve it. You've been with the Bengals for like Andy Dalton, Marvin Lewis levels that's there's no need for that can, you can you, yourself a ring now can you tell me what draft you know atkins was drafted in yes 
Don't Google it. Don't you dare. Oh, okay. Well, probably not. Um, okay, Georgia. And he was, it was like 2008 or something. Uh, yeah? No. Seven? No. Nine? No. Six? No. Ten? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I said eight. I was like, you off. I feel pretty good about that. He yeah. had been there for a decade. Yeah. Holy Moses. What round was he drafted in? Oh, I knew this. He's the uh, uh, fourth round. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that one I knew because anytime you go to search for like successful defensive tackle picks on day three, it's like, well, oh, 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 oh. Gino Atkins. Like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Forgot that Gino was uh, that late of a pick. Do you know what uh, two other defensive tackles were drafted in this draft? There's two notable ones. 2010? 2010. Yep. I don't know why this. We decided that this had to happen to me no, today. No, it's just, we're just having a little fun here. You know, we're just having fun. Just two guys. He's just like talking football, having fun. We're just having fun. Okay. It's, uh, they were picked within the first three picks of the draft. Both of them. Oh, it's the bad guy. And Dominican Sue and Gerald McCoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I had gotten there. We had Dominican Sue, Gerald McCoy, and Geno Adkins in the same draft. Those three. I think there's D- also one more DT in that draft is also good. Who? Yeah, Limbaugh Joseph. Limbaugh Joseph. Right. He's the other one. Nice. Wow, healthy group. Yep, beef, absolute beef. Do we want to say any words about uh, like Le'Veon Bell or Todd Gurley, like either of those guys? Not really. I don't think that you okay, see fair. late twenties running backs get signed anymore. Do you think Le'Veon has anything left in the tank? Where was he most recently? Kansas City. Uh, yeah, I think so. No. Damn. I mean, like, yes, but like nothing notable. Nothing that like warrants the premium you'd pay for the name you know what i mean like i think if you if you feel like you have a young room and you want to bring him in just to make sure you have a steady option depth sure but you're not going to be paying for Le'Veon on you're going to be paying for a street free agent running back that's the nature of the position man i can't wait for buccaneer great Le'Veon yeah. bell were you surprised to see kwan alexander souls assigned anywhere um I guess a little bit, but he's had injury problems over the last handful of years. And Quan, for as much as you love him as like a spark plug, high energy, will lay his body on the line for you kind of a player, he has always yes. been super limited in coverage. And now that he has multiple injuries, you wonder when wear and tear starts to come into play. And it's, I, I I get why he's not, he's, he's been unsigned. I think that he's going to sign somewhere, but <laughs> Quan getting the deal he did with the Niners was pretty ridiculous. And I think, yes. I think the, the rest of the NFL either realized it before the 49ers did, or certainly realizes it now. So I'm not super shocked Quan is still unsigned because we are now appropriately understanding what Quan Alexander is as a linebacker. That's what I very think. much. Agree. I, uh, I, I wanted to know if, if, if your Tampa impressions of Quan would get you, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I didn't, I saw his name and I was like, yeah, I mean that saints film was not good. Uh, Jarrell Casey, Kwan Short, both still free yeah, agents. Short, really feels like, Short's played yeah. like five games in two seasons. Yeah, Casey fell off in Denver. Uh, 
that over the age of 30 really for for trench players on the defensive side i should right. say seems like it's a hard cut for a lot of people right olivier right. vernon to that point uh also still a free agent i think vernon could play somewhere and be good he's just really he's just a run defender at this point but good run defenders matter all right there we go that's a handful of free agents that had a little discussion on where they could be going surprised that they've still be on that they're still unsigned well for some of them at least we've got one more podcast that we're doing this week it's everybody's favorite podcast it is fan friday hit us up on twitter at benjamin solak at tampa bay trey we're going to be putting out the q a that you guys can submit all your questions to if you're on instagram and not twitter you can hit me up there at tampa bay trey ben doesn't have an instagram he's living a better off social life than the rest of us until then you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.